an unlucky Friday the 13th for New Orleans, Microsoft's take on mapping the IoT attack surface, and dealing with legacy medical device security. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. Friday the 13th has been associated with bad luck for decades, and this December was no exception for the city of New Orleans, which was hit by a ransomware attack that on this date shut down many major services. With more on the seemingly unstoppable spate of ransomware attacks occurring in municipalities, here's ISMG's executive editor today to Breach Today in Europe, Matthew Schwartz. The threat posed by ransomware continues to surge. One of the most recent victims has been the city of New Orleans. On Friday, December 13th, Mayor Latoya Cantrell declared a state of emergency after her city was hit by a ransomware attack. She said suspicious network activity was spotted quickly, and all city employees were told to power down and disconnect their computers from the city network. So we are in recovery mode. Uh, There is no evidence of personal data being lost at this time. Um, credentials were compromised, but again, we are now beginning recovery. Demonstrating the scale of the recovery effort, however, Cantrell said thousands of systems will need to be rebuilt. In the meantime, many city offices, including the police department, have reverted to using paper and pen. What we know is about 4,000 computers. When we talk about recovery mode, it's about building, like you're building a new house. And this is as it relates to our technology within city government and making sure that we're building it, of course, stronger and uh, more sustainable as we move forward with absolutely always having to maintain and create routine maintenance as it relates to technology overall. It's a reality. We know with building it, it's also looking at the impact. 4,000 computers that will need to be scrubbed 400 servers affected, about uh, 7,000 terabytes of data, uh, 20 systems overall that we believe in terms of being brought online, and that touches uh, heavily public safety. The mayor detailed no timeline for how long it would take to bring affected systems back online. Thankfully, the city's emergency services and fire department systems remain unaffected. Based on files uploaded to the VirusTotal malware scanning service on Saturday and spotted by security researcher Colin Cowie, the ransomware used against New Orleans appears to have been Ryuk. Security experts say there appear to be at least two Ryuk using cybercrime groups at large. Ryuk attackers are notorious for demanding relatively large ransoms in return for the promise of a decryptor. In the third quarter of 2019, for example, ransomware incident response firm Coveware reported that Ryuk victims who paid a ransom paid their attackers on average $377,000. That was far more than the next average ransom being paid to attackers wielding Sodinokibi, also known as Revil, or another strain called Phobos. As that suggests, Ryuk is just one of many strains of ransomware, being used by criminals to target organizations. The attack against the city of New Orleans made it the 104th U.S. federal, state, or municipal government or agency to have been hit by ransomware so far this year, according to security vendor MCSoft, which says the ransomware threat is at crisis level. In a new report, 
MZSoft says ransomware this year alone has also hit 759 healthcare providers, as well as 86 universities, colleges, and school districts. It notes that up to 1,224 individual schools' operations have potentially been disrupted by crypto-locking malware. A separate report from security vendor Armor, meanwhile, says 11 new U.S. school districts, comprising 226 schools in total, have been compromised by ransomware since late October. Security experts and law enforcement officials have long urged organizations to ensure that they have the right ransomware defenses in place, including up-to-date backups that get stored offline so they can't be crypto-locked. That way, even if organizations do fall victim, they can hopefully restore systems quickly from working backups and never even have to consider paying their attackers. Unfortunately, enough victims are apparently continuing to get caught out and opting to pay a ransom in exchange for the promise of a decryptor key, thus directly funding cybercrime. So long as ransomware attacks remain lucrative, they're certain to continue. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Matthew Schwartz. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. To paraphrase the famous New Yorker cartoon, on the Internet of Things, no one knows you're a refrigerator pretending to be a dog. And mapping this new and ever-expanding Internet of Things, be they refrigerators, smart TVs or light bulbs, is a significant challenge. ISMG's SVP of Editorial, Tom Field, got to sit down with Microsoft's Field CTO, Diana Kelly, at our recent Washington DC summit, and they discussed the state of IoT security and the ongoing need to map this complex, diverse, and ever-changing attack surface. Here's Diana. Yeah, it, it can be a big challenge if you don't have a, a, a process and a strategy in place to be able to inventory all of the different devices, and especially when you get into IoT, to make sure that you're including those devices. Some of them may be offline. They may just check in at a heartbeat periodically. So getting a good handle on all of your devices, wherever they are, and what you've got in you know, different locations. Also not forgetting that some, you know, there are the physical things, but then we also have you know, different workloads, and that's part of, that can go into the cloud and multiple clouds. So it's also important in an inventory to take into account all of your things, your physical things, but also your, uh, your, uh, your, your more logical and cloud-based workloads too. So we always talk about sort of jokingly the refrigerator, <laughs> as, as you talked about, or the, the car. And then we focus a lot on medical devices for the obvious reasons. But I've been in conversations recently where people have said, you know, what's your smart light policy? Right. How do you see connected devices being weaponized by adversaries? Well, we have seen that very famous uh, with the distributed denial of service and weaponizing things like close-circuit uh, uh, close TVs by using known logins and passwords and then using the, the, the things to weaponize basically being able to create a lot, generate a lot of signal or noise to create a denial of service. So that's certainly one way. Um, you know, another way is looking at using it as sort of the, the, the easy way in or the vulnerable way in to a network. You've locked down all of your standard equipment, you've locked down your servers and your endpoints and even your phones, but have you thought about your televisions? Have you thought about the refrigerators? And I saw even the FBI send out an alert this week about smart TVs. 
and about their, their access points. So, yeah. big topic, where's Microsoft approach this? Yeah, we're looking at it from the, a, a number of different ways and importantly at helping organizations understand what they have for a brownfield and legacy and to help guide them as they're creating new IoT devices, make sure that they're secured and properly deployed. And we look at, in the Azure Sphere space, we look at three areas. One is the hardware itself, the MCU, the microcontroller unit, making sure that that's very secure. It's been through a secure value chain and it, it's, uh, it's, it's trusted. And then the operating system that runs on top of the MCU, you want to make sure that that's, that's tight and it's purpose built and it's secured and hardened. And then the management. Back to your point about inventory, ensuring that you've got, you've got a good handle on what devices you have, how they're managed when they're online, and being able to update them. Because as we know, software often needs to get updated to right. stay secure. So making sure you can do that too. As you get out and talk with security leaders in the field, what's their biggest pain point with connected devices? I think that you hit on a really great one with the inventory and then the, the brownfield. Understanding that we've got some of these older legacy systems, we can't just you know throw all of them away and start fresh. So making sure that they've got ways to be able to protect them. And, and Microsoft, with Azure Sphere, we have something called the Guardian module. And that allows you to stand up a secure module in front of the older IoT devices so you can bring them forward into a more modern management system. Continuing on the theme of connected devices, clearly there are some unique challenges managing industrial IoT in the medical realm when you consider that the connected device may not just be near you, but on you or even inside you. There's also the dimension of time to consider. The life expectation of medical devices far exceeds those of consumer electronic devices and dealing with legacy technologies that have possibly been in existence well before the current cyber threat landscape presents its own unique set of challenges. ISMG's executive editor of Healthcare Info Security, Marion Culbersuk McGee, spoke with Matt Russo of Medtronic and Ken Hoym of Boston Scientific on the thorny challenge of dealing with managing legacy connected medical devices. Here's Ken. When you are designing a system, I think it is readily apparent to the manufacturers and the hospital systems that these devices are used for relatively long life cycles. So planning for updates of operating systems, planning for those kinds of software updates through a reasonable life cycle of the product needs to be part of the product design. And I think the big challenge that has been the focus on legacy devices is many of the existing legacy devices that are out there were designed potentially five or ten years ago when the cybersecurity awareness was not as high and therefore the device may have been built without the ability to expand memory or do what you would might need to move to the next version of an operating system. So I think that's part of the overall learning that's been going on in the healthcare system is to understand how to plan for that, what is a reasonable expectation, and then to increase the transparency of communication between manufacturers and healthcare systems so that people could be eyes open about when a device will no longer be supportable. And Matt, anything you'd like to add? I think I'd also maybe focus a little bit on developing a, a coordinated disclosure program, right? So that's a key component of FDA's post-market guidance. A lot of device manufacturers have these coordinated disclosure programs that allow us to transparently communicate vulnerabilities to our customers. But the real point is not just the communication, it's the real mitigation and real elimination of some of those risks through patching of devices, updating those devices. As Ken pointed out, some of those devices that were developed 5, 10 years ago, even longer, 
that can be more challenging, but that is an, an industry what we need to continue to strive for is communication of these to customers and uh, healthcare delivery organizations, and then equipping them with tools to really fix and address these items, whether that is in the form of a patch or, or some other form of mitigation. So those devices live in the field for a long time. It is really a challenge for us to make sure that they stay current and updated throughout their use life cycle. So that's really how we need to continue to, to partner with those healthcare organizations and quite frankly, with our colleagues and with regulators to make sure that we are developing those products that are, are able to be updated throughout that full time that they're going to be in the clinical environment. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time.